just a bit outside. Hello, everybody. Harry Doyle Fantasy Baseball. This is just a bit outside. Welcome in, everyone. I'm Travis Sakins. You are listening to the podcast of record. For your 10-team, soon-to-be 12-team Fantasy Baseball League. Yes, Harry Gold Fantasy Baseball. Glad you're along for the ride. Riding solo tonight. Justin, I think Justin may be drunk. Some kind of bender, maybe. Not sure exactly where Justin is. Uh... Didn't show up for the show. Uh, was not notified that Justin would be missing tonight's show. I called to his house and asked his wife to check to see if Justin's there. Justin's not there. Um, but I can tell you that Justin is not in danger. Um. I will not confirm at this point that Justin is opting out of just a bit outside for COVID-19 reasons. We'll just have to wait and see. But I'm glad you're here. Welcome to the week one edition. Yeah, it's August. And we're going to talk week one, Harry Doyle fantasy baseball. We will break down the first Ever double header week in our nine year existence as a fantasy league. We'll quickly look through all of these games. There's 10 of them. We'll look through them winners, losers. Oh, and as is a tradition here on Just a Bit Outside, uh, and I'll, I'll do it. Justin, again, we don't know where he is. Um, we'll overreact. Yes, we will overreact one weekend. And even in a sprint that is 2020 in this short season, we will overreact in week one. Also for you on this episode, week one episode of Just a Bit Outside, the owner and general manager of Wichita White Wolves will join me later on in the show. We'll talk a little Wichita White Wolves, back-to-back defending champion. Wichita White Wolves get out to a hot start here in 2020. 480 points. Yes, longest week of the year, 14 days of scoring, but 480 points. It's a big number. We'll talk to Chris Dockhill about his team's week one explosion and, of course, we won't forget you, Zach, Ebony, and Ivory as well. And then I want to talk about the good and the bad of week one. In fact, let's start there, shall we? The good and the bad. One, <laughs> we had some baseball. That's good. Now, the bad of this, you know, if you want to think of this as the glass is half empty. You know, the, the empty part of the glass is that uh, by my count, uh, and my count may be off a little bit, but 21 
Major League Baseball games in the first 14 days of the season were canceled because of COVID-19 outbreaks. Now, Major League Baseball looks pitiful through this. Absolutely pitiful. Now, the, uh, the onus goes on to the Miami Marlins, and let's not forget the St. Louis Cardinals, where these players who are not in a bubble, oh, by the way, the NBA is killing it in their return. The NBA is compelling, and the NBA is good. And the NBA games in those bubbles, uh, they're they're fun to watch. Um, and the bubble concept seems to be working for them. Major League Baseball, on the other hand, it's an S-storm. Absolute crap show going on. You talk about the Miami Marlins, who, depending on who you want to believe or listen to, uh, they're clearly the bad of week one because they barely played. The, the, the Miami Marlins got a weekend in and then COVID broke out. 17, 18, what's the number now? Does anybody know? I'm looking around. It's an empty room. No one's here. Justin's gone. We don't know where he is. Uh, COVID breaks out in the Miami Marlins. And let's talk about some more bad. Derek Jeter defends his players. They weren't that bad. They went out for... He said, I believe... Do I have a note here? I believe Derek Jeter said... That his, that his players went out for milk in Atlanta. They got COVID from getting milk. And... Their worst mistake is being a little lax. Yeah, a little lax. I think 18 different people out of the Miami Marlins have COVID. Don Mattingly was saying he was meeting some of his new players for the first time. They they have a game this week. Tomorrow, I believe. I, I'm recording on a Monday. A little late this week. I was trying to give Justin all the time in the world to get back to the show. Don't know where Justin is, by the way. If you're... If you know where he is, please let me know. No clue. St. Louis Cardinals. I expect bad things from the St. Louis Cardinals. And of course, we want baseball. The Cardinals are doing everything they can to ruin that for everybody else. Casinos? The Cardinals are going to casinos? Now look, we are 14 days into a Major League Baseball season. Week one is in the books of Harry Dole Fantasy Baseball, and we've already had to create a new rule because of COVID and the Miami Marlins and St. Louis Cardinals. The players who can't figure out to you know socially distance and wear masks and probably not go out to casinos. We're lucky that baseball in any form or fashion is still going on. That we have games at all. I don't know about you, but I got a little scared this week when I started seeing the the reports that Major League Baseball was telling the Players Association that they may need to prepare for Monday's work stoppage because of COVID. 
Like, holy cow. Like, baseball is my sport. I love baseball. I want to watch baseball. And I am watching lots, as much as baseball that I can get in. Uh, but it's, this is, this is ridiculous. <laughs> uh, we got a, a week off again. Miami Marlins last week. Week two, we're going to see the Cardinals off most of the week. Hopefully just this week. And we're lucky to have baseball. So don't forget, if you have a St. Louis Cardinal this week, you can put them down into your COVID restriction list, which is the minor league system. It's our workaround. Put them down there. Call someone up. We want you to be competitive in Harry Doyle Fantasy Baseball. And we're not going to let the idiocy of some of these players get in the way of that. So go pick up a player, one who, I don't know, follows the protocols and is doing their best not to get COVID. A player who, ideally a player who's not on a team with an outbreak, pick one of those guys up, put them in your roster. Okay. There's a lot of bad. That's just insane here. Can we talk about the good of week one? Let's talk individual for a second. Aaron Judge and Mookie Betts. I I don't. I'm sure there's there. It's there. It was a really long offseason. It feels like 2019 was a decade ago. But I do not recall two of the bigger stars of Major League Baseball having that kind of weekend. Aaron Judge, Mookie Betts. The second weekend of week one scoring, uh, Mookie Betts, Aaron Judge were sensational. Absolutely sensational. Aaron Judge and Harry Dole Fantasy Baseball, 50.5 points. Mookie Betts, just shy of 40, 39 and a half. Um, eight home runs between the two of them. Six went to Aaron Judge, who had five straight games of home runs. I, now, if you if you want to get very specific, if we're talking about Aaron Judge and Mookie Betts. The bad of it is, is both those players are on the same team. We'll talk again to Chris Dockhill here in a few moments on Just a Bit Outside. Quick start to the Wichita White Wolves defending their second bobblehead. But just from a pure baseball standpoint, it was fun to watch those guys. That Mookie Betts throw from the corner in right field was incredible. It was pure, fun baseball. And to see Mookie Betts, who just signed that monster extension with the Dodgers, to see him kind of finally come out of his Dodger shell, if you will, 13 hits, scored seven times, six RBIs, four walks. It's a pretty good week for Mookie Betts. And Aaron Judge carrying the New York Yankees on his back, which is not my favorite thing in the world, but... um. Okay, another bad with Aaron Judge. Matt Vassargen, ESPN guy. Jeez. Someone's got a crush on Aaron Judge. <laughs> 
It's a good week. Really good week. Harry Doyle fantasy baseball. It's good because we had at least some baseball. Despite the best efforts of the St. Louis Cardinals, we had some baseball. Um, and I'm grateful for that. After week one, Harry Dole Fantasy Baseball, we have three teams that went 2-0 and in their doubleheaders. Wichita White Wolves, Ebony and Ivory, and Colby's Beards of Glory. Now at the other end of the, the spectrum here, we have three teams that went overs. Bad weeks. Van Buren boys, Royal Ruckus, and the extra 21s went 0-2 in their week one 2020 debuts. Now, uh, that leaves four teams who went 1-1, and Justin and I talked about this. Again, Justin's missing. If you know where he is, let me know. We discussed, you know, every week's a doubleheader, which I clearly puts a, a little bit of an emphasis on winning. Clearly, you want to go 2-0 and in these doubleheader weeks. You'll take 1-1. One one. Absolutely, you'll take 1-1. One and one. And No one's ever gone undefeated in Harry Dole Fantasy Baseball. This is our ninth season. No one's ever gone undefeated. And I, I just cannot imagine anyone going undefeated, even in a short season, considering there's doubleheaders seven straight weeks. we got six more weeks of this before the playoffs. So you you would love to go 2 and 0. You'd love to be in the position of the Wolves and and Ebony and Ivory and Beards of Glory. Sure, you'd love to be in that position, but where you do not want to be in is in the position of the Van Buren boys, Luke's Royal Ruckus and first year owner Bobby's Extra 21s. You do not want to be 0 and 2. There's a 340-point difference between Wichita White Wolves at the top of the standings and Bobby's extra 21s at the bottom of the standings. 340-point difference. Now, clearly that can be made up. This is week one. Let's overreact a little bit, though. That's tremendous. 340 points is a tremendous difference between top and bottom in these standings. You can make up 0-2. Um, I wouldn't want to be in that position, but you can make it up. Sure. 340 points, I think that's the bigger deal. Because here's the thing. I, I think points are going to matter more than ever in the previous eight seasons of Harry Doyle Fantasy Baseball. Points will matter. Remember, playoffs have been contracted to four teams, the top four teams. We don't have divisions this year. The top four teams are getting in. You're playing doubleheaders, imbalanced schedule, by the way. And I think what we're going to see is, is we're going to see a bunching around that fourth position when it comes uh, time for playoffs in six weeks. Currently, um, Aiken's Army is in fourth place. We're going to see a bunching, and I don't know what the record's going to be. I, 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 I doubt a sub five hundred team even sniffs playoffs this year. Uh, Ten wins out of fourteen seems about right to me. Ten wins probably puts you at least in that that bunching for the fourth place team. Um, 
it seems like it at least puts you in the conversation. Nine wins probably put you into the conversation when we we start getting towards the end of this short regular season. Um, but points are going to matter because that's the tiebreaker. And you're going to want those points. And 340 points from top to bottom is a huge difference. So let's overreact. Wichita White Wolves are not going to lose this year. They will be the first undefeated team in Harry Doyle Fantasy Baseball. Holy cow. Chris has Aaron Judge and Mookie Betts on his team. And don't forget Nelson Cruz. I remember Nelson Cruz when he was a Ranger. I remember him for bad stuff, too. But he can hit. Minnesota can absolutely hit. <laughs> Look, all week, week one, I thought Ebony and Ivory was coming out as the top team in points. I really did. Ebony and Ivory had really good bookends in this week one. Going 2-0 and in this uh, week one. Defeating my Aikens Army. and defeating Luke's Royal Ruckus. Now, that's a pretty good Edmund uh, pounding that Zach gave in week one. 450 points, right on the edge of 451 for week one. And Ebony and Ivory, um, I, for me, since I played them, I, I've kind of paid attention a little bit more to this, but the weekends, the bookends, were remarkable for him. And... You know, I think for Zach's ball club, you know, well, we're overreacting. He's going to live and die by the pitching. The pitching is what's going to carry this ball club. Yeah, sure. Jose Ramirez looks like the good Jose Ramirez right now. 35 points this week. Whit Merrifield for the Can the Kansas City Royals. They're doing pretty good. Whit Merrifield is, by the way, 43 points in week one. Uh, but it's this pitching staff. Um, 86.2 innings in week one for Ebony and Ivory out of that pitching staff. Um, 107 strikeouts from his pitching staff. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, anything I would say over 100 in a 14-day you know, 14 scoring period, um, the, the likes of, of Aaron Nola and Joe Musgrove Jack Flaherty, you know, the ace of that staff. Chris Bassett having a great week, and Griffin Cannon. Can you believe it? A Los Angeles Angel pitcher actually had a good week, and it helped Eb Ebony and Ivory right there. And if you're Beards of Glory, um, seems like we always talk about Beards of Glory uh, being a good team that falters at the end. You you got you went you gone two and zero, Colby. Good. Can you sustain it? Because it was not necessarily your offense that carried you through this one. Uh, pitching helped you uh, big time. Trevor Bauer was huge for Beards of Glory. Absolutely huge, 47 points. And John Lester, Chicago Cubs, who knew John Lester was still around, John Lester with a great week, 23 and a half points. Uh, 82 strikeouts from Beards of Glory's pitching staff. Look, um, Beards of Glory, perhaps they're the team that's not going to lose because uh, Colby has a roster here 
anchored by Pete Alonso that if if it seems it would seem to me they are balanced enough that if their guys can do what their guys can do um especially in a 7-day scoring week Beards of Glory might run the table here and if we're going to overreact on some things, then let's be real. Luke's never winning a game this season. Breaking news, by the way. Breaking news. Podcast breaking news. Mike Trout is on his way to Seattle. He's coming back. Yeah. You heard it first, but even though you heard it later, you heard it first. First on just a bit outside, Mike Trout on his way to Seattle. So he will play again. We were a little uncertain there. So Luke's $30, $35 man, you're coming back. But unfortunately, Royal Ruckus is going to need a little more than Mike Trout to salvage this season. Uh, He's not winning. Luke, you heard it. You're going over, over, the rest of the year. Good luck. <laughs> oh, what a fun week! Bolding Beavers uh, hitting one and one. Aiken's Army one and one. Los Tigres is praying, praying Thanksgivings that they got a win out of this week one. All week, it looked like Los Tigres was going to go 0-2. The mighty Los Tigres. They they went missing in the first part of this week one scoring, much like Justin is missing for this podcast. We we know he's okay, but we don't know where he is. We think he might be opting out of the podcast. Uh, But Los Tigres gets by Bobby's extra 21s um, for his one victory. Look, Los Tigres... Los Tigres, if they have high hopes for a bobblehead, and if they're going to have, if they're going to achieve those goals of knocking the Wichita White Wolves down, then Justin's Los Tigres are going to have to perform. You you cannot, Ozzy Albies cannot have 17 and a half points in a 14 day scoring period. Nolan Arenado with only 10 points, and the Rockies have been doing pretty well. Not Nolan Arenado. Fernando Tatis Jr., you could argue, was the one player who did what he was supposed to do for the Los Tigres in week one. Considering it's 14 days of scoring. Okay. We got to get to Chris Dockhill. Joining me now on just a bit outside in the Roger Dorn hot corner. Thought you didn't have any high-priced talent. Forgot about Dorn because he's only high-priced. Picked them up as a free agent three years ago. Still hits the ball pretty well, doesn't he? Yeah, he just can't field it. Yes, the back-to-back champion, general manager, owner of the Wichita White Wolves, and he's gotten off to a really, really good week one here in 2020. Chris Dockhill, welcome to the program. Thanks, Travis. How are you? We are doing well here, not as well as your team, 480 points, highest total in week one, Harry Dole Fantasy Baseball. But you know what? Uh, we have to start with where everyone is talking about today, and that, that of course, is Aaron Judge. 
50 and a half points. Um, I'm assuming Aaron Judge is not available for trades. There is never anyone who is truly off limits in my books. Um, <laughs> if you would have asked me a month ago what my confidence level was in uh, Aaron Judge being healthy at the start of the season, playing in week one, playing in week two uh, of our extended week, um, it was not, not all that high. The reports were not glowing. There was a, a report every other day like he picked up a baseball bat. They let him hold it. And then the next day it was like, they actually let him go through some dry swings or hit off a tee. And I was thinking, you know, hundred mile an hour fastballs are coming here pretty soon. We better, better ramp this up a little bit, but uh, I don't know as bad as the Yankees training staff has been with botching a number of different uh, injuries over the last several months. Um, they apparently knew what they were doing. He looks pretty amazing. I, I watched several of the games and I mean, none of these were like, scraping the wall um he parked a few of them off of uh i don't know the the fake fake fans out in the stands about yeah. 30 rows up so yeah it was fun it was a lot of yeah fun. you got you got espn sunday night baseball crew all excited last night too yeah i saw um a, a few of the calls were were a little bit over the top but uh <laughs> a little yeah you know, yeah, six six home <laughs> runs in five days. I think it was it was a cumulative buildup or something where they just they kind of uh, they uh, they they got into like mid season form. But yeah, it was fun. I mean, he's I, I just enjoy rooting for certain guys, and I just um, you know I, I think he's uh, the kind of guy that you know when he's when he's hot, it's good for baseball, and then it's just that much more fun when you get to. Well, clearly Aaron Judge is in a hot streak, right? He's had a really good week one for your Wolves. Six home runs, 10 runs scored. He's only struck out 11 times, and you'll take that with Aaron Judge, I would assume, in a you know a 14-day scoring period. But unlike the New York Yankees, I, you tell me Aaron Judge isn't carrying the Wichita White Wolves because, I mean, let's face it, you have Nelson Cruz, you have Mookie Betts, you have Cody Bellinger on your team. Trey Turner had turned in a you know a pretty decent week, especially considering there were some games missing there for the for the Nationals. When you when you look at your you know offensive lineup um, up and down, is is there a you know let's take Aaron Judge out of? It. Is there a guy outside of Aaron Judge that just sticks out to you as kind of the linchpin in, in your offense? You know, I, I think the balance of the week was was good for my team. Um, there was there was definitely a, a feeling of, you know, when Cody Bellinger was struggling, especially in the first, you know, week to seven, eight days, he finally got on a got on a little bit of a streak this weekend. But um, it was nice to see, you know, Manny Machado chipping in after kind of a down year last year. And I'm hopeful that he'll bounce back. It was nice to see. DJ LeMayhew coming off the COVID list and, you know, jumping right in and being a big part of their offense. Um, so, yeah, I, I, my hope this year was, you know, to have enough, um, you know, talent across the board that, you know, if somebody gets on a, on a cold streak, then you've got other guys to pick them up. And, you know, I think Carlos Correa was, you know, a fortunate signing for me in, in the uh, free agent bidding and, uh, He's paid dividends. It was nice, nice to see Mookie Betts again after getting off to a little bit of a slow start. Pick it up. So yeah, it was balance. Um, 
you know, I think anybody looks good in their best week and this may be my best week of the season. I don't know. I mean, I, I, uh, I hope it continues to go this way, but certainly you know that uh, it's a it's a volatile game that we play. Well, let's talk about Carlos Correa for just a second, because as you mentioned, balance was the key for the Wichita White Wolves here in week one. 25 points, nothing to slouch at from your shortstop, or at least one of your shortstops that you played this week. But is there concern about Correa and the lackluster cheating Houston Astros in the sense that you know, Correa, yes, he he produced obviously some points, but especially this last weekend, Astros didn't look terribly uh, good, and Correa was a part of that. Yeah, I mean, I think if you look kind of across the fantasy industry, I think there's a lot of people who um, are going to overreact and say, you know, they are all average players who, you know, only performed at the level that they did across the board. I mean, you're talking Alex Bregman, you're talking about Altuve, you're talking about Correa, um, Alvarez, everybody. Um, and, and I think the knee-jerk reaction is, well, if they can't cheat, then they're all just going to nosedive. And I think for me, I mean, I've I've owned Correa in a number of different leagues pretty much since he came up. And I've always felt like the talent is there. The guy can't stay healthy and he's had some really weird massage related injuries and other things. (laughs) Well documented here on just a bit outside. It's just kind of like, what are you going to do when that kind of stuff happens? You're like, uh, you know, guys dropping, you know, weights on their foot or, you know, cutting their finger with a kitchen knife or whatever. Some of that stuff is just the definition of fluky. It's, it's not even fluky baseball injuries, but, um, I look at a guy like that and I say, you know, I, I think the talent is, is unmistakable. I think there's probably some problems between the ears and, you know, some of those guys just need to mature. You know, I think we forget some of these guys that come up they're you know, they're teenagers, you know, like Juan Soto. I mean, that's what's so impressive to me about that guy is he comes up and he's 19 and he's doing things that people don't figure out until their late twenties. And so, um, that's why I think a guy like that, I'm willing to take a chance that, you know, with a little time, with a little maturity, um, you know, maybe we see a, a, a better approach. And maybe some of these guys aren't taking care of themselves off the field. You know, I look at, you know, it's it's football versus baseball, but a guy like Tom Brady, I mean, there's a reason why that guy can keep playing because he does everything he can to take good care of his body. And so hopefully, uh, you know, the Astros, uh, you know, go forward with, uh, you know, uh, a renewed sense of the rules and, you know, and there's other teams. I mean, I'm sure what we know about the Red Sox, what we know about some of these other organizations, I think it's probably varying degrees of cheating. Um, none of it was right. And, and baseball is certainly uh, has a long history of people bending the rules. So, yeah. Yeah. But we can agree that Houston Astros are the worst. The Cheaters worst, ever. the worst. Yes. As a Royals fan, I was very happy that we met them in the playoffs and then promptly <laughs> swept them. I'm sure, uh, I'm sure, uh, um, actually, I can't remember. No, that wasn't our sweep. We swept, uh, we swept the Angels and the Orioles the year before. We actually, we, we almost got bounced by the Astros and then uh, kind of made a miraculous comeback that year. But yes, it was very satisfying to beat the Astros and, uh, we certainly uh, we we root for for the Rangers here in the Astros Rangers uh, rivalry. That's for sure. As you should. Now I know you don't miss an episode of Just a Bit Outside, so I know you know. Last week in our you know 
COVID 2020 preseason episode, you you took a beating. Pitching took a beating from Justin and his analysis of the Wichita White Wolves heading into 2020. Um, first of all, would you like to respond to Justin and his analysis of your pitching staff? I think Justin, as I recall, uh, compared really my my 2020 pitching staff to my 2019 pitching staff um, and said that we got worse. Um, I tried to hang on to as many talented players as I could, but based off the way that our league shakes out, you can't do that. And um, so you have to fill in the gaps. Um, I felt like I brought up enough talent between Chris Paddock, adding Frankie Montas to the staff. I felt like Herman Marquez was going to have a bounce back here. I felt pretty good about the staff. Um, did I think that Aaron Savali as a free agent pickup was going to be my best pitcher of the week? I did not. Um, there were, um, there, there, there are reasons for concern on my pitching staff. So Justin was not wrong. And I told him that, um, I can also take criticism. I'm a okay. <laughs> I'm a okay with someone being critical because I'm very critical of my team. I'm always trying to make it better and looking for ways to improve. I actually felt really good about my uh, bullpen. I thought my relief pitching was going to be fantastic this year, and so far it has been anything but. My uh, my my big three relievers have been either you know injured or terrible. So um, if anything, it's kind of been the inverse of what I expected. Um, and, uh, you know, it's going to be work. This, this season is going to be work for all of us. We're all going to have to manage. We're all going to have to adjust on the fly. We're all going to have to follow the news because things just keep changing. Um, Constantly. So it's going to be work. It's going to be a lot of work. Now, Aaron Savali, you mentioned at least week one, right? You know, early through week one, that perhaps may be the best waiver wire pickup of a team Thus far, 32 and a half points, 12 innings pitched, uh, struck out 18 with two quality starts. Now, Aaron Savali is a part of a much bigger story that Cleveland Indians pitching staff through the first uh, 14 days of the season. Uh, but you have to be excited when, yeah, sure, he's a waiver wire guy, but when you pick up a waiver wire guy that can contribute like that, it really it helps the Paddocks and the Snells and the Marquezes uh, that are under contract, right? Well, and it, and it helps fill in gaps when, you know, Montas, you know, a little slow out of the gate. Blake Snell, apparently that he can't throw more than 30 pitches and they have to pull him. I mean, I, I don't completely <laughs> understand some of the some of the managing that's going on or, you know, how these guys are, are getting, you know, ramped up. Um there, a lot of teams are kind of treating it like it's midseason, and other teams are treating it like spring training. So, I think right now um, depth is important, and so you know my feeling is you can't have enough arms right now. Uh, anybody that you have, you could have three St. Louis Cardinals starters, which I have two, and now they're all down for the next four days yeah. and maybe longer. So you can get hit really hard, really fast. And I think you're doing a lot of the right things by giving us some flexibility to fill in those holes. But the the more depth you have, I think the more it pays off. And um, Savali was one of those guys, I, I picked him up in one of my teams last spring or last fall, right near the end of the season, he came up and, and got on a little bit of a run. It was just kind of a name I 
put in the back of my mind, like, oh yeah, that guy was pretty good. And they've got some higher profile guys with Bieber and, you know, Plesak was really good this weekend. Um, but he was kind of just a guy that I thought, you know, and there might be something there. Uh, he throws like five different pitches, which always kind of is intriguing if a guy can keep people off balance. So we'll see. He might be one of those kind of ride the hot hand guys for a while. All right. Wichita White Wolves uh, currently tied atop the non-division Harry Dole Fantasy Baseball in 2020. Um, with the slide, points are going to be huge. I I think points are going to be huge when it comes yeah. down to the end of this regular season for us. And right now, uh, about a 59 point lead over Ebony and Ivory, 340 point lead over the last place extra 21s. Uh, starting to wrap this up, Chris, it, the playoff pool has shrunk. And I think points are going to be important. Does that, um, I guess just one weekend, does that give you any cushion or do you see anything that has to be different for Wichita White Wolves to make sure you're one of the top four teams? I think that the way we're playing right now um, with this format, I think not only um, – the consistency as we've always talked about of scoring from week to week, but you're not going to be able to rely as much on good matchups because chances are one of your two matchups are going to be strong. So, you know, I got one lucky draw this week, but had to play against Lan, who in my opinion has the best pitching staff in the league and pitched lights out. And so those are the matchups that you really need to survive. I think for me, um, it was great to score, you know, like we did, but um, holding off land, which, you know, as we just talked about, you know, 48 hours before the end of the, our matchup land was right there. And um, so, and I think he's going to be right there all the way to the end. So those are the matchups where in a short season where every game is important, you don't have time for a three week stretch of underperforming. I think we have to bring it every week because every week is about 13% of the season. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, if you can string together two or three good weeks, you can get yourself a little bit of a cushion. I think the scoring, um, it's much more likely we're going to have ties at the end just because there are fewer games. So I think for everybody scoring on a regular basis, not taking yep. a week off, not having a week where you just get totally ambushed by the COVID list. Or, you know, we've had situations where guys just don't pay attention for a couple of weeks because they just get busy and, you know, kind of start doing other things. Um, I think we're going to have to really, when we say sprint, I mean, I think you have to be really locked in for, for seven weeks if you're going to make the playoffs. Yeah, and 14 games in seven weeks, you cannot not pay attention at any point, especially with midweek lineup changes. And so, yeah. you know, the, 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 it's, it, the we've elevated the importance of paying attention sure but the the competition is very much still there especially when you talk about the playoff pools shrunk down the four teams and uh i think that leaves us with one last thing here chris you know uh, first place wichita white wolves 2 and 0 second place ebony and ivory 2 and 0 like i said a moment ago it's about a 59 point difference we know the history between you and zach um any any last parting shots you'd like to give to Zach here on the podcast? Yeah. It's funny because my first thought when I watched what Zach's team did this week was, if anything, I probably need to apologize to Zach because <laughs> 
my take from from the time he made the big deals that he made to trade away top talent for depth, which generally in fantasy is not a winning strategy. And Zach knows that. <laughs> um, it, it actually, weeks like this, uh, it worked out beautifully. Um, he got rid of two guys that really underperformed. And if he had been totally committed to those two players without a lot of supporting cast around Acuna and Christian Yelich, he would have been sunk. And it just so happens of the guys that he traded for, Whit Merrifield, Jose Ramirez, Charlie Blackman, he got a lot of really good totals from guys that he traded for in those deals. So is that going to work out every week? My guess is no. Um, but do I think Zach has a really good team? I think he does. Um, he's got a lot of balance. I think he's got a, a sneaky good pitching staff. I think Brandon Woodruff, like what he was doing is kind of scary because if he's getting those kind of performances from guys like that, he could be, he could be right there at the end. Well, Chris Doc Hill, I want you to know that was the worst smack talk I've ever heard. And we've had Luke Watson on this podcast before. <laughs> um, that was your chance to just really lay it on, and you just complimented your rival right now. So, Chris Doc Hill, Wichita White Wolves, thank you for joining Just a Bit Outside and the Roger Dorn Hot Corner. Oh, I appreciate it, and I, I will close by saying there's not a chance in hell Zach's going to beat me this year. Don't get there it is. wrong. But I do have respect for his team. He's got a good squad. There it is. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. Up your butt, Joe Boo. Week one, Harry Dole, Fantasy Baseball. Thanks for joining me. Week one, just a bit outside. Again, if you know where Justin is, let me know. Week two, as every week this season, we'll see double headers. Yes, every team's playing two games a week. And week two, we'll see the matchups of Wichita White Wolves and Aikens Army. Los Tigres and Aiken's Army. Beards of Glory will be visiting the Van Buren boys and Ebony and Ivory here in week two. Bolding Beavers will take on Bobby's Extra 21s. Extra 21s looking for their first W here in 2020. Blake's Mash Unit censored by the Commish taking on Bobby's Extra 21s. Ebony and Ivory for their second game will be playing Blake and censored by the Commish. Los Tigres and Bolding Beavers here in week two. And Royal Ruckus looking for their first win. Tall order against Wichita White Wolves. And then Van Buren Boys and Royal Ruckus in the Facebook game of the week here in week two. Look, I may be a little biased here, but watch out for Aiken's Army. Hey, thanks for joining Just. A bit outside week one solo edition. I'm Travis Akins. I love talking baseball. love fantasy baseball. I hope the Cardinals don't ruin it for all of us. Good luck. Double headers. Go Army. So long, everybody. Guys are jerks.